Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is nothing like fear to really lay bare our soul, to make us pause in our tracks and consider where the exit is, to have run through our body the adrenaline that comes with fear, whether we're going to have to fight or we're going to have to flee. There's also fear of the past, of what might catch up with us, fear of what's even possibly happening now, what people might think, what people might say, what people might do. Then there's, of course, the fear of the future, the what-ifs, the what-ifs, the what-ifs. All of this ultimately boils down in the language of scripture and the mind of the church to a fear of death. What more, what can't we control? We're going to all die. And this fear of death that is subtly maybe hidden behind all of our fears is something that binds us and makes us unable to move, unable to speak, unable to see meaning hope, light. And if men are maybe wondering to themselves, I don't understand this fear thing, maybe some others besides the men, I'm not really afraid of anything. <laughs> Let's take it to fear of being vulnerable, actually being seen actually being wrong. If you want to see someone get a little tense, just talk about confession. And even the strongest seeming man will start to get a little weak in the knees because there's something about vulnerability, the possibility of being wrong. Not the possibility, the, the reality that in some aspect of our life, we're in the wrong. That fear just courses through our veins. This morning in the gospel, Jesus heals and raises from the dead. He encounters fear and he gives life and light and hope. It is in our Lord's encounter with Jairus and his family and the woman with the issue of the blood of the church tells us her name is Veronica that we see what it is to struggle with fear but in that struggling to reach out and touch our Lord. The woman with the issue of blood comes to a crowd, a throng that has surrounded our Lord. She hears a man whom she recognizes as a ruler of the synagogue begging Jesus to come 
on his hands and knees to come and heal his daughter because she was dying. And the woman, because of the throng, she just seeks to touch our Lord. Because we know from the scriptures that Veronica has gone to every doctor. She has spent years looking for healing. She has spent every dime that she had. And on top of this, something that we are not as keyed into is the fact that the issue of blood, according to the Old Testament law, meant that she was unclean. That if someone was to come in contact with her, that meant they were also going to become unclean. They were not able to go into the temple unless they had gone through the rites to cleanse themselves. This means not only that she had no hope, that she had no means, but that she was alone. She's like the demoniac from last Sunday's gospel, which is the story that is right before this particular pericope. She's like the demoniac who lives out in the grave. She lives outside. So not only is she used to being alone for 12 years, now she has heard of our Lord and she sees this crowd. So one aspect we might think, some of us aren't great with crowds. So it even that already, a little bit of fear factor kicks in. But the reality is, if she is going to navigate this crowd, what is she going to have to do? Touch people. <laughs> she is going to have to overcome not only her fears, or the lack of hope, the lack of money, but her fears that someone's going to call her out. Someone's going to know, right? Someone say, what are you doing here? Why are you touching us? <laughs> yeah, <of course>. Exactly. <laughs> Just a few Sundays ago, we had the parable of the sower and it is a similar word used for the plant that gets choked by the weeds this is the throng pressing in it's this pressuring it's this choking it's this sensation that there is no possibility because the throngs are there not necessarily for faith in Christ but because as we see throughout the gospels there's a spectacle. There's something to see. But Veronica in faith winds her way through that crowd. And all she needs to do is just to touch the hem of Christ's garment. Now the real test of fear, you can imagine. She's touched and in faith she's been healed the power of God heals her body. And she kind of steps away. But she hears Jesus say, who touched me? Can you imagine? Uh-oh, the spotlight is now on Veronica. 
Not only did I dare to go into the midst of the crowd, but I touched this rabbi, this teacher, this one whom they call the Messiah. Notice, everyone denies it. Veronica doesn't say a word. The fear, you can probably, like, it's in her throat. Peter, of course, Peter, says, Master, what are you talking about? We're in here like this. We're just trying to move forward. We're trying to get to this child that's dying, and you're stopping us wondering who's touched you? We're all being touched constantly. But Jesus says, Someone touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. It is the power of Jesus Christ that is not just uh, tricks. These are all pointers towards his divinity, to the kingdom which he ushers in. He is concerned about what has happened because he knows that someone needs to be strengthened in their faith. Someone has had enough faith overcoming their fears to just touch the hem of the garment. What does Christ do? but call out and want to put on the spot Veronica. Veronica takes a deep breath, swallows the fear, knowing that she can't stay hidden anymore. And she comes forward trembling. Just because you have made the resolve does not mean that your body is not feeling all of the feels And she, like Jairus, falls down before him and she declares again now with the spotlight fully on her in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. There's still nagging at the back of her mind. Am I going to be rebuked? Am I going to be called out? Because I'm doing something that the law says do not do and if this happens... This is the ritual cleansing that you need. But what does God do to this one who moves in faith to him? Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The one with no hope, with no means, with no one, is restored in body and soul and especially important the dimension that we might miss here to community that she is received back that she can walk through that crowd without having a second thought because God has restored her now as soon as this has happened this miraculous event Christ calling attention and showing the faith of this woman and the healing that has just occurred Someone rolls up, someone recognized from the synagogues, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus' house, saying, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Again, once fear has been banished, once fear has receded, fear returns. She was sick. Now she's dead. Fear comes into Jairus and his wife's heart. But when Jesus hears this, 
He wants to cut it off at the pass and he answers and says, do not be afraid. This is something that our Lord says constantly throughout the scriptures. Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Now, when they come to the house, there is at this time and in this place, and you can still see this in the Middle East and especially Arab countries, they'll even hire people for mourning. Because this is how you show that you care. If us Anglos or those uh, Anglo adjacent <laughs> uh, feelings are like the thing that makes us feel out of control for this world, you express. You even pay people to express themselves. So there is a band. There is weeping. There is wailing. And our Lord, as he comes up, he tells them, turn down the music. This is not a time for weeping. She's not dead, but sleeping. What is the reaction of the throngs, the crowds? They ridicule him. She's dead. What are you talking about? So Christ puts them all outside. For those of the throng, those who are attending to the spectacle, those who are lost, he puts them outside. Because our Lord did not come to just do great and awesome things. He came to show himself. So who does he bring inside the home? Who does he bring inside the home? Peter, James, John, and the parents. Why does he bring Peter, James, and John into the home? To witness, yes. What else is Peter, James, and John? There's one big thing that's going to happen in the next chapter. The transfiguration. All of these stories, especially as we're reading through Luke, they're all about who Jesus is. That people don't understand him, that they will even ridicule him even after he's done miracles. And so he goes inside. He reaches into the heart. He brings Peter, James, and John, whom he knows needs as much help as possible because they don't even get it throughout the Gospels. And our Lord tells the child to rise. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the shadow of death, in fear, Christ is with us to just touch him is to access his life-giving power. When he raises this girl from the dead, he feeds her. He returns her to the feast. 
He sets the table before her, even as those outside continue to weep and to play the sad songs. Brothers and sisters, fear must give way to faith. For who is Jesus Christ but the God who went into the the depths, into the death, that as Paul tells us, that through that death, through his entrance into Hades, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release all of us who through fear of death were all our lives subject to bondage. It is he who gives us hope, gives us life, returns us to community, who releases us. For as Paul tells Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's quite a little trilogy right there, trifecta. Power. Just as the power comes from Christ to heal Veronica, this is the power accessible to you and me in the power of the Holy Spirit that our bodies, our lives can be transformed. That he gives us love because we have hope and faith we can love even our enemies, those who would ridicule us, those who would just ignore us, those who we might even be afraid of. We have the power of love. And then this interesting little third one, a sound mind. What is the demoniac when he is healed? What does he return to? A sound mind. What does Veronica return to? There's no more tears. The tears are wiped away. She is returned. This girl dead, now eating. You can probably imagine a little 12-year-old girl just eating as if like everything is back to normal. God gives us power, love, and soundness of mind that we can overcome the spirit of fear because Christ is risen from the dead, because Christ has gone into the depths, because Christ has released us into the freedom, into the love, into his eternity, where we will sit with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen.